Questers pre-show season 11 episode 5 tonight I've been waiting for this for two years it is called Muyan the Horizon tonight for USA watchers only I'll be watching real close we'll be on tomorrow with Judy at 645 to go through all the prospects of this show they're going to show us tonight between 9 and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, USA, Muyan, the Horizon. What a show we got tonight. That's if we get to some previews of the show. I showed them last week. If not, don't worry about it. I also want to thank uh, Dave Burroughs, great guy, for rejoining two days ago. I want to thank him so much. And Judy and Daniel for all their information that they give to the channel in the podcast. Now it says here, Muyan the Horizon, after two years of waiting, yeah, the crew receives the Muyan data and discovers that the hollow, they call this void a hollow, known as Aladdin's Cave, may hold even more surprises. Hmm, very interesting. Already. Let's get my hellos in here. Here they come. Sand Dollar. David. Gloria. Renee. Neil. RD. Baralu. Jeff M. Meow. Dee Dee Williams is in the house. Hello, Deborah, Ashley, Tammy, Sydney. She can see me and hear me. So we'll be good tonight. Becky. Oh, my lordy, 40. Stacy, Tim. Lon, Christopher. Gary, James, oh my lordy, 40. I think we got somebody special on tonight. There's the professor. Can't do without the professor. Hello, John. All right, tonight we have a special guest. And tomorrow I'll thank every supporter, each and every one of you. And when you see the numbers scrolling on the bottom, you can call in and talk to him yourself. I pride myself uh, with this channel that I want you as members and guests on my channels to actually talk to the people yourself. Of course, you got text. We got some questions to ask first that I printed out. But then after that is done, he will take questions from you live and make sure the first caller keep on trying they only have one phone and uh make sure you can hear him and he can hear you especially the first caller would let us know if there's a problem connecting okay guys Alrighty. this person who was the star 
of the channel travel channels american america on earth you've seen them on that program many many times he's an author he's a founder of american petrographic services he has a new book with donna roll rule and here's the book oak island knights templar and the holy grail secrets of the underground project revealed lordy 40 holy mooyan let's bring on my friend scott walter hey john how you doing hello scott thanks for coming aboard yeah happy to do it um this is going to be a lot of fun tonight. We got some good stuff for you, and uh, I can't wait to share it. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. A lot of people uh, been PMing me some special little things that you've said on uh, on Twitter, and sort of put a couple of questions in the in the front of the podcast, and then we can go and see anybody uh, texting you in the chat first. And I want to go through a couple of these questions first. Uh, Scott, is that okay? Yeah, by all means. Stacy says hi. Everybody's saying hi. (laughs) All right. When did you first meet Don Rue? And what were the circumstances, Scott? First time I met Don Rue was at a conference in 2006 on the East Coast. And I can't remember if it was in Newport or in a different city on on the... um, on the East Coast. And uh, I already knew Zena Helpern. We were good friends. And she was the one that introduced me to Don. And uh, they had uh, a stone, an inscribed stone, that they were curious to know if I could do some of our archaeopetrography on to try to give them some information about the age of the inscription. And uh, so that's when I first met Don. And we got along great. And uh, of course, the collaboration between myself and Zena and Don and uh, Dave Brody and some other people um, went on for a number of years. So, uh, but that's when I first met Don. Okay. In the past, you have mentioned that you didn't think the Knights Temple around Oak Island and instead on an island near Halifax. Has this changed and why? Yeah. Yes, this has changed uh, in light of new evidence that's going to be in this book. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Templars were all over. Um, they were all over Nova Scotia. They were all over. Uh, Daniel's question was that at the NERA conference. I believe that it was, yes, uh, 2006. In any case, um, yeah, my opinion has changed. The Templars definitely were involved in what happened on Oak Island. Um, no question about that uh, at this point. Okay. Have you personally vented the information that was revealed in Don Rue's book, The Scrolls of Antarara, and do you stand behind the information put forth? Uh, the answer to that question is we have vetted everything that we have been able to vet. Uh, there are uh, there there are still a few things out there for us to do. They would be the most exciting things that um, 
we think are still out there in the name of ships that we think are in the bottom of the ocean still. We have the locations of where they are. And, you know, we're talking about something that you don't just go willy nilly and, you know, put on a scuba suit, uh, scuba suit and just go jump in the water. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a certified diver. I could certainly do that, but you only get one chance to do these things right. So we're going to hold off on uh, going after those projects until we know for sure that we have the right equipment, mm -hmm. that it's going to be documented properly. It's going to be done legally and, uh, and so forth. So those are the things we have not done. And we think there may be some treasure sites out there uh, that could still have something. So those we have not said anything about, we're not going to say anything about, and we haven't done anything about yet until we're ready to do it the right way. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Even we talked about this. Do you think Don Rule would accompany you for a podcast interview with us? Well, I think, he, you know, we talked about this, John, you and I, and if, yep. you know, Don, Don's very hard of hearing and it's, it's a result of, of uh, his job uh, that he did uh, for a number of years and uh, working with explosives. So um, it might be difficult, but, you know, we talked about maybe using headphones. Mm -hmm. I know Don would be up for it. The only challenge would be making sure he could hear, hear well enough. But um, if so, uh, let, let's try and make it happen. Okay. That sounds great. All right, here's another one here. What is your opinion of Zena's research before she began working with Don Rule? Are you familiar with the body of work? Oh, yes. I'm very familiar with Zena's work. And Zena has done, uh, she did a lot of really good work prior to meeting Don. And she did a lot of good work after meeting Don. Uh, the only problem is, is she, um, I think, made a very poor decision in abandoning Don, taking the material that she got from Don, presenting it to the Oak Island show like it was hers. And um, that was a huge mistake. And in this new book, we're going to go into the details of exactly what happened there. There was a time when I was talking to Zena, I said, Zena, don't do this. This mm -hmm. is not the right thing to do. And she chose to do it anyway. And I, I have to be honest and say that um, the way that she's been lionized by the show uh, into this larger than like larger than life, his, you know, heroic figure is really not accurate. And I'm not here to try to disparage somebody who is no longer with us. Um, mm -hmm. I was sad when Zena's cancer came back and it, and it, you know, uh, and it took her, but she lived a long life. I mean, she was 88 years old. She mm -hmm. did a lot of good work. We had a lot of fun together. And, you know, unfortunately this was a mistake that she made in my opinion. And uh, I think Don would echo the same sentiment. Okay, thank you, Scott. Um, are you still working with Diana Mir? And is there any update on the second copy of the Sinclair Journal that you acquired? Yes, I am still working with Diana. And in fact, I am going through uh, the next um, portion of those uh, journals that she wants to publish. But there's a lot of redactions that we have to put in there because there's a lot of specific information like latitudes, mm -hmm. locations of where some of these things that uh, we think there could be something of value of, uh, and of historic uh, importance. So we, we have to make sure that that information is protected. And um, the level of detail that these documents go into is incredible. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting and what I will present in this new book 
is corroborating information that we find in both sets of documents that actually serve to um, corroborate uh, each other. And it's really important because they are separated completely independent from each other in time, space, and individuals. So uh, they're vitally important and we have to be very careful with them. But I will talk about some of the entries. I present many of them in this new book that are uh, germane to the topic of Oak Island and the mm-hmm. research that, uh, you know, is related to that. You'll, you'll see when the book comes out, there's a lot of new material that we're going to publish. And I think you're going to like it. All right, Scott, I forgot to ask you earlier. Do you actually or do not watch the Oak Island show as far as season 11. So you won't know and no. you can't answer any questions of people are asking things. about. No, it. I can't. I, I can't. And it's, right. you know, to be honest with you, I've, I've, I've worked in the television industry for a long time. The only time I ever watched my own show was when the show premiered just to see how they cut it right. all together yep. and what the final product looked like. I know how they end. I don't need to watch them again. And so I, I think I know too much about how to make TV for me to really enjoy it because right. I know that when you're watching a scene just out of the, the frame, there's all kinds of people there. And, you know, I'm just, I'm a little jaded. Uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, be honest with you, the, the Oak Island show is, 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 it's not my cup of tea. That's all. And it's, it's a very good show. It's, I mean, the success is, is unquestioned and, um, you know, good for them. You know, it's, right. it's, they're doing well. Good for them. What about as far as watching people on YouTube? Do you have, you have any favorites or do you not watch YouTube at all? As far as people are asking me, you know, do you watch this guy on YouTube to you? Do you watch this person? I said, no, if you don't watch the show, he's not watching people on YouTube also. So that's, I'm trying no. to put out a general question out there that you're not really involved in YouTube. Uh, not I mean, I watch YouTube and when, if there's something that I need to watch that is related to research that I'm doing, I absolutely will watch it. And I have looked at a few clips that had to do with the Oak Island mystery. Uh, wait a minute. Since, wait a minute. You don't watch my show. Uh, what was your name again? <laughs> oh, God, I, I, look, I love you, brother. I, uh, you know, I just, what can I say? I just, I, seriously, I mean. I am so up to my eyeballs in yeah. this, this content. You, you just, w- when it all comes out, you're, you're going to be blown away. It's just unbelievable. And it's okay. so vast and it goes so deep and yep. it's, it's really good. So I got my hands full, man. And right, um, Luann just pre-ordered your book. All right. Very good, Luann. I miss America. Judy, that's Judy, my, my co-host, Judy. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun with that. We did 49 episodes. And I mean, you know, if they came to me and said, we'd like to resurrect, resurrect us uh, again, I'd probably listen to them. But, you know, yep. if it doesn't happen, I think we we had a lot to say. We got an opportunity to say it. And uh, if it doesn't happen, uh, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy and appreciative of the opportunity that we got. And uh, it was received well. So. I'm happy. Um, Gary said or asked, would the book be available on audiobook? I, I talked to my publisher about that, and you know, they they essentially said yes. And I told them what I would love to do is I would like to narrate the book, or I'd like to read the mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. and actually add some commentary. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, 
pontificate a little bit about certain points because, you know, you just can't cover it all and try to anticipate questions. And, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm living it, you know, a lot of this, this new research. So who better than me to tell the story? Right. Renee says, do you draw any information from other resources? Do you pull resources with any other researchers? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, uh, a very, uh, a very good group of, uh, very sharp people that we work very closely with that are actually a lot smarter than me. And, and actually what's really nice about the group that we're working with is, you know, it, it, you really need to have honest feedback. And if somebody says, you know what, Scott, you're smoking something here. This doesn't make any sense. I need to hear that. And, you know, it's one thing for people to tell you that they don't agree with something. Mm -hmm. It's another thing for them to tell you why. And you know what? Just about every time somebody told me that they didn't think what we were doing was on the right track, it mm -hmm. turned out they were right. So I take their advice and I do what I think is prudent. And I really appreciate having, you know, people that not only are they honest and objective and, and willing to call me mm -hmm. out when they think that we might be going down the wrong path, but they're really good people and we hang out and we have a good time. And so, um, that just makes it all the more special. Okay, Scott, do you find it frustrating as a researcher of the Knights Templar to try to convince people of their presence in North America? There seems to be hurdles at every turn and a never-ending skepticism. Well, does it get frustrating? It does at times. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at a point now where um, I just don't even listen to people that, are not willing to look at, at the voluminous evidence that is screaming out loud. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but, you know, for me, one of the most compelling things that really, you know, was the final nail in the coffin to what I already knew to be true. Mm -hmm. And that was when I reached out to various indigenous people uh, that are part of their own secret societies. You can see right here, I have a compass and square flag that was given to me by a brother Mm -hmm. uh, I am a Mason and um, the Freemasonry that we practice, we practice today is a direct outgrowth of the degrees and rituals of the medieval Knights Templar and going back through Egypt and beyond to Atlantis. Mm -hmm. um, the Native Americans practice the exact same rituals. Um, they've been doing it for over 10,000 years. And when the Templars came over here, they bonded with the indigenous people and they formed a deep spiritual bond. And that's how the Templars were so successful in navigating in the Americas because they, they treated the indigenous people with dignity and respect. And, you know, the natives have told me point blank, we know all about your Templar friends. We know they're, they were our brothers, our blood mm -hmm. brothers. So for people to deny this is really ridiculous because it boils down to a matter of facts. And, and let's just be clear, John, the reason that this narrative that the Templars, you know, were put down in 1307 and disappeared and that was it, it's complete BS. But that's the narrative that the Roman Catholic Church mm -hmm. wants people yep. to believe. And let's just call it what it is. This is their narrative. It's a false narrative uh, that includes Christopher Columbus and all this other nonsense because of what happened back in 1307. The church was used by the Templar tradition uh, to further their own endgame, which was to establish a sanctuary 
in North America that we now call the United States. Correct. Uh, where people could be free from the tyranny of the monarchs of Europe, free from the persecution of the Roman Catholic Church. Who suffered from those two things directly? The Templars. Yeah. And if you don't think that the ideology continued and is alive and well today, you're dreaming yep. because I'm part of it. And I know exactly what's going on. And it's now time for our order to reveal the truth. And that's part of the reason why we published this book and why mm -hmm. we're going to publish the bigger book that's coming later this year. So the time has come, brother, and ready or not, uh, the truth is going to be revealed. And it's a beautiful truth. Uh, some people aren't going to like it, but you know what? Tough hop. Life doesn't always go your way. Yep, I hear you. And you mentioned before that you were invited to appear on the Curse of Oak Island show in the past and declined. You still feel that way? Or now, would you be interested in appearing on the show now if they want to uh, work with you with this new book and information? How would your... Uh, uh, how would I feel change about now? that? Huh? How would I feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um I mean, the simple answer is I would absolutely sit down with them and see if we could hammer something out. I think um, I'm always willing to listen to people. Uh, but, you know, there would have to be certain things that um, would need need to be to make sure that it would be good for both parties. And, you know, you don't come to a deal un unless both parties agree and are happy with the circumstances. So I'd certainly be willing to sit down with them. And, you know, I do think that things have changed, at least from my perspective. Um, you know, Kevin Burns, uh, the owner of Prometheus, who passed away. God, it's got to be, what, two and a half, three years ago now? Yeah. I mean, my God, time flies. You know, I really got along with him and I really respected him. And he called me twice and asked me to come on the show. And we had a very frank discussion and... Uh, I told him what my concerns were and, you know, he respected that and we just agreed, you know, that this was not going to be the right time for it. But I really, I really enjoyed him. He was a lot of fun and we got along great. And uh, I think in the spirit of, you know, his wishes, you know, I would revisit the question again. So okay, I never great. say never to anything. So um, if they would like to, to talk about it, let's talk about it. Sounds great to me. And my last question here on this is how would you like to be remembered as a researcher, Scott? Well, I would like to be remembered as somebody who fought hard for the truth that, um, you know, didn't uh, compromise my integrity or my values. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've when I did America on Earth and some of the other TV shows that I've done, um, I was working at my job the whole time. I never left my job. I, I, I dialed back on my responsibilities. I'm semi-retired, I guess you could say, but yeah. I'm still on the phone every day talking to customers and doing the work because I love it. And because of that passion and love for operating my materials forensic laboratory, it brought the Kensington Runestone into my lab, which changed my life forever and got me involved in all of this cool, cool stuff, including you know, the, um, the television. So I just want to be remembered as a guy that worked hard and tried to find the truth, uh, that was, that was hidden, frankly. Yep. And I think we made a lot of progress that the job isn't done yet. And as long as I'm still here, I'm going to keep, keep doing it. Yep. We got the Scottish digger from Scottish, from Scottish, from uh, Scotland question to Scott. Do you think the same Templars that are responsible for Roland Chaplow 
are the same ones who did Oak Island. Thank you, Scottish Digger. The simple answer is yes. Let me see if I can bring the book up with us. Let me see if I can not screw this up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you know, and, and just so people know, John, I'm going to be careful about what I say tonight. Right. But I'm, you know, I'm still going to talk about things that people have never heard. But there are a lot of details that I'm not going to talk about. I really can't. I want to save it for the book. And um, but I'll tell you what, this story is. <laughs> I mean, look, I, you know, when people tell me stories about some fantastic find or, oh, we've located the Ark of the Covenant or whatever, I'm super skeptical. I say, that's great. Show me the evidence. And if it's compelling, you know, we'll go there. And right. I, 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 I try to be, you know. Uh, conservative and realistic and all that. But I have to tell you, man, this new stuff is nothing short of fantastic. It will deliver. And I'm not trying to blow it up and have it be a letdown. It will deliver. And it's fantastic stuff. Um, okay. And a couple of things people sent me is some of your tweets here, Scott. And um, one of them say at the end, we have this entire story start to finish. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer is yes, we do. <laughs> and um, so I don't know. Are we going to, you, you want to get into it or what? Is that a setup? What do you want to do? I mean, the answer is well, yes. I'm, well, that's. that's it, right? A big old yes. Daniel says, have you found a correlation between the Knights Templar and Baffin Island. Thanks, Scott. Um, they were all over the place. They were there. They were all over Nova Scotia. They were all over Newfoundland. They were all over the Great Lakes. They were down into the Northeast uh, coastline. They were into New York, what we now know as New York Harbor, uh, Narragansett Bay, Cape Cod. They were up and down the whole Eastern seaboard. They were, they, they were everywhere. So the answer is yes. All righty. Here's a question from Jim James. Regarding the Kensington Runestone found in Minnesota, I recall you did some research, but can't remember the details. I've seen the TV program on it, and in it, which I believe you opinioned. Opinion? Okay. Do you think the stone is legitimate? And if so, what does it tell us about the really early explorers, and who were they again? If you think it's the real deal. Well, it's absolutely authentic. It's it's laughable that people will try to argue that it's a hoax or that it's, you know, some type of 19th century, late 19th century hoax. That's ridiculous. I mean, the geological evidence alone proves it. And, you know, this, this is, now that you brought up the runestone, I haven't mm -hmm. talked about this for a long time, but I do want to talk about something very important. And right. that is when I first reached my conclusion based on the weathering study that I did with tombstones. And I uh, concluded that the weathering of the inscription was centuries old. Therefore, it was impossible for it to be a late 19th century hoax, as everybody claimed. And Wikipedia and uh, other sources say today, it's a hoax. There is no evidence to support a hoax. And how can there be when all of the factual evidence uh, it supports authenticity. 
this is one of the dirty little secrets of forensic work that I do that people don't understand and don't realize. If you have all this evidence that supports authenticity, how can there be evidence to support the contrary? It can't exist. And it doesn't exist. And all the arguments that have ever been made were just based solely on opinion. Mm -hmm. And whatever they thought were facts turned out not to be facts. Uh, I've written a 574-page book with a linguist, uh, Dr. Richard Nielsen, and it ended the discussion. But you have to understand, um, and, and you know, I don't want to come across as a, a conspiracy buff, but I will tell you this as a fact. Uh, the places where people go to get their information, like Wikipedia, mm -hmm. uh, the Smithsonian Institution, the primary funding that they get is from the Roman Catholic Church. So when you go to the, you know, Wikipedia and you look up the Kensington Runestone, you won't see my name. You won't see any of my research. You won't see any of my books. Okay. Now it's a fact that as you and I are talking right now today, John, you already? there's nobody walking the planet alive today that knows more about the Kensington Runestone, all aspects of the Kensington Runestone than me. That's not bragging. It's just a fact. I've written four books on the subject matter with two more to come out. So this thing is authentic. It's important. It is the most important historical artifact ever found on this continent. It was carved by the Knights Templar. It's a land claim. It was found on the North-South Continental Divide in the 14th century. <clears throat> um, both the French and the Dutch, I don't think I have to remind you that the Knights Templar's headquarter was in Paris, France that they had a land claim practice where if you could prove that you navigated to the headwaters of a river system and placed a land claim stone in the ground and a tin plaque and a tree for redundancy, the plaque and the tree isn't going to last long. The stone in the ground is, is forever, right? Yep. Stone you, could lay, yep. you could lay claim to the entire river system and all the land associated. So in Kensington, Minnesota, and think about what I'm about to say. I'm the first person to ever say this in over a century of, of the research at the time when I said this the first time. In Kensington, Minnesota, theoretically, you could lay claim to the, um, the Red River Hudson Bay watershed to the north, the mm -hmm. Red River um, Hudson Bay, uh, excuse me, the Minnesota-Missouri watershed and Mississippi all the way down to the Gulf. That's about half the continent. But the runestone says acquisition business slash taking up land from Vinland, which is the Northeast coast far to the West. So you could, you could lay, make the argument that they were claiming the entire continent. And in fact, that's what I think, uh, I, I think that's what they were doing. It's right in the geographic center of the continent on the continental divide. These are simple facts that conform to the land claim practice of the time. Now, a lot of people might say, well, if it's a land claim, why didn't they claim it? and bring it forth. Well, the reason is they didn't have to because our brethren, uh, our Freemasonic brethren at the time of the revolution finished the job for them. They didn't need the runestone. They finished the job. And by the way, most people don't know this, but 53 of the 56 signers of the declaration were master masons. Mm -hmm. They were also Knights Templar. They just didn't tell anyone. Right. But I'm telling you now, they were. Yep. Uh, they were all in on it. 
Yep, Jan says, do you think the 90-foot stone is actually a land claim? If it even exists. The 90-foot stone doesn't exist. That's what I thought you were going to say. How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> hey, listen, I spent a whole day with Danny Blankenship on the island back in 2008 <laughs> with the sole uh, mission of trying to find out anything I could about that stone. I wanted to see it. I mm -hmm. wanted to do some forensic work on it to see right. if, I could, you know, if I could help out. Well, when I got done with Danny, I came to the conclusion there is no 90-foot stone, and I challenge anybody to show it to me because it hasn't shown up on the Curse of Oak Island. And if it existed, I guarantee you, they would have seen it. <clears throat> okay, Connor. And then we're going to open up the phone lines pretty soon. So my question is, would the Knights Templar use engineering tunnels to hide wealth and power from the European rivals and use symbols to locate their treasures first in Europe and then across the pond, Scott? Absolutely. Brother brother Connor there hit, hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what... That's exactly how they did it. But if you're not initiated and you don't understand the signs, symbols, and tokens, mm -hmm. you're not going to figure it out. Right, right. So if you you don't have, have and, and, you know, this is this is kind of an interesting point I just wanted to bring up right now. Right. You know, I, I, somebody forwarded to me, and I had an exchange with somebody on Twitter who was anti-Freemasonry, and he's okay. talking about all this nonsense that it's all devil worship. And, you know, the, the rituals we go through are, are violent. And, I mean, give me a break. These things are purely symbolic in this day and age, okay? We have certain penal signs that, you know, if you don't understand the context, people are going to go, oh, what's that? Well, when you do understand, you're going to get it. But you have to go back to the time of our founding fathers. The brotherhood that existed back then, these signs, symbols, and tokens were important because we're talking about matters of life and death. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'd had to know who your friends were. You had to know who your enemies were. And that's the way that you figured it out. Even a simple handshake, somebody could, you know, figure out. And then there's multiple levels beyond that so that you can vet somebody properly to make sure that you're dealing with somebody who you can trust. But the, the context is when you go back to the time of our founding fathers and all the way back to the Templars, yep. these were life and death things that were going on and you absolutely had to come up with a way to know who was on your side and who wasn't today. It's, it's not life or death. It's purely symbolic, but we, we still use the traditional penal signs and passwords and handshakes because we're continuing on a tradition that's ancient and it's, it's beautiful and it, it's nothing to be, nothing to be feared and this nonsense, it's it that that's spawned by the Catholic Church. It's already behind it all. And Daniel says, What's your opinion of the Tory stone that was found in Oak Island? It looks similar to the Oakham script. I have not seen that stone. I can't comment. I'm sorry. I'll send you a picture and just show you. Not now, but uh, later okay. on. Had, just had well, a bunch I mean, of if I see it, I'll be happy to, you know, it's had a bunch of lines on the edge, just oh. like a bunch of close, like two inch lines all the way down the edge. Okay. Well, That's I might all. be able to say something about whether I think it's man-made or not, but, um, you know, for me to really weigh in on something, I got to see it with my own eyes, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. We got Peter. What do you think of the theory that George Washington and the group of Masons recovered the treasure, if so, and funded the war with it? That's exactly what happened. But it wasn't George Washington who was the leader of that. It was Ben Franklin and William Ball and a guy named John Weems. <clears throat> they were the ones that were the masterminds behind that specific aspect. But there were, look, there were, 
there were a whole bunch of treasures that were hidden. Oak Island is just one of them. And frankly, you know, from that perspective, when you look at the larger story, that the money was used to fund the revolution, which it was, and we know a lot of specific details about what they did with the money, where they hid the money, uh, when it was recovered. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing story, and it's the untold story of the true founding of America. And, And we just pitched a show to History Channel. Uh, who asked us to pitch a show using these documents, using, you know, the journals and and other sources that we're working with, but they passed because they renewed another season of Oak Island. So (laughs) at some point we're going to reveal the whole story, but we're going to hold our cards close to the vest until we get that opportunity. After season 25, I'll be 95 and (laughs) both me and you won't see it anyway. So... (laughs) We better spill the beans pretty quick. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, we will. It's it'll come. <laughs> Look, the, the basic story is known. It's the details that are incredible. And like I said, there is still a real good chance that there's some stuff still out there. And um, we've actually gone looking for stuff and we've actually found things. So, okay, Stacy, what do you think of the HO stone and his conclusion Alex Lagina made? I have no idea. I know what the HO stone is, but I don't know anything about Alex Lagina, what, what he said. He said, uh, here lies treasure gold or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, it could be. I mean, it could say that. I mean, the, you know, I know there's a circle with a dot yeah. carved on that stone, and that's yeah. a that's a well-known uh, symbol for gold. Yeah. Uh, it's also a symbol of deity. It also has other meanings. So it's quite possible that, that it could be referring to gold. And there was gold there at one time. I hear you. All right, my last Did I question. say that? Huh? Did I say that? Mm, I hear you. <laughs> um, the Cremona document. Yeah. At the end, or sort of three quarters worth of pages, there was a bunch of diagrams. Some people put those diagrams together and made a vault theory out of the diagrams yes and in geometry actually overlaid it on an island this is my friend dot the dot and oak island uh treasure uh, two podcasts and very mathematical and everything is and has been coming out mathematically if the brothers ever see it or whatever i have no idea but my question to you is the pieces of the diagrams that are look torn, each piece looks torn, then they put it together, and it's a vault theory. What do you say on the aspects of that being a true thing or not? Thank you, Scott. Well, let's just say uh, it's very likely that there is some there is some truth to there was <clears throat> that particular drawing. I will tell you that uh, we have come into the possession of very detailed drawings about activities underground that are 10 times more detailed than that material. And where did he find that material that was in the church? You know, I forget where that stuff came from. Yeah, I forget myself. It's been so many years I've been doing this. I forgot where it was, but those diagrams had to come from somewhere. You know, I I have to be honest with you. I don't pay as much attention to that as I should because the new material that we just got is just so overwhelmingly 
beyond that, it's like that's that map is part of this other new stuff, but it just goes way, 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 way beyond. Way more in detail. That's what we want. Yep. And just hoping the show will work with you to present this. But I don't know your time on, you know, having the book out in February. And I'm just well, hoping they will contact you before it goes into full production to do what you have to do. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Right, right. But, I mean, there's a good chance we're going to redact that material anyway. Okay. And, and, frankly, we'll probably just wait and publish a second edition after the show is over. Um, okay. I mean, I, you know, no offense to the guys, but um, why should we just give them millions of dollars for the content for nothing? You know, I'm, I'm just being honest. And... <clears throat> So that's right. not, that's probably not going to be in this version. I'm going to talk about it in detail. I mean, I will talk about it, but okay. um, you know, this material. The problem is it can't be co- uh, protected by copyright because yep. I didn't I didn't draw it. Somebody else did um, in the last century. So, um, but right. you know we got- we'll see what happens. I we, we don't know yet. We'll see. Don't don't hold me to anything right now. We we're still making those decisions. Yeah, I hear you. We got a uh, phone call, our first phone call in. All right. Go ahead. Hi, John. Yeah. Hi, Scott. Hi. Go ahead. It's Renee from Pennsylvania. Okay. I'm a huge fan of both of you. John, you already know that, though. <laughs> holy <laughs> holy Mooyan. Hey, wait a minute. What about me? Come on. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts, knowing that you are who you are on the uh, stone structures, if you may, <laughs> um, uh, on lot five. I am, I am like steadfast on the fact that from the aerial views, I, I really see Amat and Bailey. I see, I really see that. And then um, I can see some structures that would be located on the outside. Just a thought. But Renee, uh, uh, Scott Scott doesn't see the program, so he has no idea what's going on on Lot 5. Yeah. He's been to Oak Island, though. I'm sure he's seen some of these stone structures. On Lot 5, Scott, were you on uh, Robert Young's uh, lot? Um, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't remember. I mean, we're talking about something I did, (laughs) God, what is it, 15-plus years ago when I was on the island, and I, I spent the day with Danny Blankenship. I was there with Niven Sinclair as well. Mm-hmm. and some other people but anyway um there there we also have a map uh of the island that's part of this new material that does show surficial features and um mm-hmm. whether they're connected to what's on lot five because i haven't watched the show and paid that much attention i i really can't say but it's quite extensive and uh unfortunately that might be something we redact as well we're probably going to talk about it but I don't think we're going to show the map in this edition unless we do something else. You know, I, I, I we'll see. I, again, I haven't made my decisions. I'm sorry. I couldn't give you a better answer, but I just don't know if it's connected to what we have on the map or not. That's fair. I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll be tuning in. Very good. Well, nice to chat. Thanks for calling. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, John. Oh, yeah, thanks for calling. Hello, go ahead. 
Thank you, Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hello, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Hey, uh, I'm trying to get a hold of anybody uh, that'll listen, but uh, Scott, especially you, um, we've got evidence of Templar activity down here in Ozark. Uh, we've been working for 13 years on the deciphering of the Shakespeare works. And uh, it led us to a tomb. The RC's tomb is what it told us. And, and I'm serious. I'm in Kansas City. I'll meet you in Des Moines tomorrow <laughs> and <I'll laughs> give you the information. But well, uh, the channel. Uh, well, go ahead. Finish your thought and then I'll respond. <clears throat> uh, this, this is amazing. Okay. Uh, We've, we've got 400-year-old documents that we followed with the map in the 1611, and it um, led us to this tomb. Plus, it's following up what we found was what they told us was the lower bones, and that's exactly what we found was the lower bones. It's, it, it is an elaborate structure, and I'm telling you, it's... We need to have you have a look at her, at least talk to us so we can walk through what we did and show you what we found. Well, why don't you hit me up on email and, you know, if you have some photographs that you'd like to share. I mean, anybody that shares anything with me, I keep strictly confidential. I mean, right. I, I run a materials forensic lab. Everything I touch is, is uh, proprietary and sensitive. So I, I understand people want to protect their research just like I do. So, right. uh, um, you know, I, I, I'm happy to look at it if you want me to. Do you, have, do you want me to give you my email? It's, uh, I emailed you through uh, your cross, uh, your, um, uh, your X cross website. Oh, Hooked X. Um, the Hooked X, yeah. Actually... Oh, just, just, just email me at uh, s Walter s w o l t e r at team t e a m a e t dot com, and uh, let's 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 start there. There you go. How about that? Okay, okay. It this is this is. I know you're you're on a tangent, but I've been following this story at Oak Island, and it took me to this uh, gentleman down here that knows the Bible inside out and trapped it. I'm telling you, it's real. And I've been with him for, we've just found the cipher that leads us to the upper bones and found the headstone uh, where we believe that we're going to find those bones. We also know where the Zion Temple is, which is where the Ark would be located. All right. Well, uh, get a hold of Scott and you guys uh, figure that out. Uh, I got a show to go on here and thank you very much. It's interesting All that right. he said. Thank he's, you. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thanks for calling. It's interesting well, he I, said. Yeah, yeah, and I what make, Go ahead. That's it for him. Oh, okay. Here goes another. The phones are going nuts over here, Scott. Go <laughs> ahead. Right. Hello. 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 Hey, hey, John. Hey, Scott. Uh, question for you, Scott. Um, you did a show on the eight-sided tower and i think it was in rhode island and you were going to go back there did you ever go back there and does it line up and it 
you know, that was the premise. I, I just wonder if, if there was a conclusion to that. Okay, so I think, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, are you talking about the long range alignment through the Keystones all the way to the Kensington Runestone? Yeah. No, no, no. It was it was something that happened to do with the uh, with the with the with, with, um, oh the solstice, the winter solstice illumination. The solstice, yep, exactly. Right. Yep. And we're supposed yes. to go through the through the hole. Yep. Actually, yes, you know what? Um, I mean, absolutely, that happens on the winter solstice at, at exactly nine o'clock in the morning, and it's coming up here in a few weeks. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be out there this year, but um, I've been out there almost every year since we discovered that back in 2007. But you know what happened that was really interesting that I published in my latest book is a few years ago, somebody, you know, piggybacked on that research and they put a GoPro at the base of one of the columns in the tower mm -hmm. and they aimed it up at the, at the uh, Keystone and they discovered that on May 1st, which is a very important Celtic holiday. The Scottish Templars were also uh, believed in the old religion, the old old uh, Celtic uh, rituals. And on May 1st, Beltane, there's another illumination event that happens with the east window that uh, frames out and illuminates the same egg-shaped keystone that on the winter solstice in the south window frames up and illuminates in the same way. So... Um, you know, this is the beauty of doing research, making discoveries, making it public, uh, not just publishing it on the uh, in my books, but, you know, showing it on the show. And then other people piggybacked on that and made their own discoveries. So um, this is the way it's supposed to work. And, you know, anybody can can do something fantastic. They just got to get out there and try. Right. Yep. Well. I have one quick, one other quick question for you. All right, go ahead. Uh, the quick question is: there, st the the Stonehenge and America Stonehenge was that made by the Templars or was it made by the Phoenicians? I think the original. This is my personal opinion. Um, America Stonehenge was first constructed by the Phoenicians, and I think absolutely the Templars were oh, there because Lord, they knew it was there. We're blowing up over here, Scott. All right, well let's let's do it. Hello, you're with me and Scott. Hey guys, how you doing? We're hanging uh, in there. Question for yeah, fantastic. Question for you, Scott. So we know Vikings made it to Nova Scotia. Do you think the Kensington Runestone could have anything to do with Oak Island? That's what I got. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, the answer to that, I guess I would say yes, yes and no. Um, the Templars were involved in Oak Island. The Templars carved and buried the runestone. So in that regard, yes, they're connected. However, they were done um, at different times in the same era. Um, I guess I'm ready to say that the Oak Island stuff and the runestone were both done in the 14th century. Um but not at the same time. They're a number of decades apart. Right, Gee, I just gave away a big reveal. <laughs> oh, God, not again. Scott, I sent you a picture on your PM Messenger on Facebook of the Torah. Yes, I looked at it, and you know what I see? I see something that's natural. Really? Yeah. I've seen that type of structure in rocks before. There you go, and, Daniel. Uh, it looks to me like um, it's, it's actually somewhat 
it, it, there's a couple of different processes that could produce these linear structures that you're seeing that almost look like runes or agam. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and again, I, I'm going to preface all of this and qualify it by saying, I reserve a final opinion until I get a chance to see it, you know, mm -hmm. in real life. But this looks very natural to me. Um, it could be a function of differential weathering of a metamorphic rock or possibly a sedimentary rock. I'm not sure, but it, it, it looks natural to me. All right. And after this one question, I'll put the phone lines back on because my phone line's burning up over here. So we got right. Daniel. Do you believe the descendants of the Knights Templar found artifacts that the Templars buried and then moved them to other locations in North America? Thank you, Scott. Uh Absolutely, 100%. Yes. This was all part of a continuous line that was carried on by a certain um, bloodline families, mm -hmm. um, what they call in the journals the covenant families. This whole mission that was started by the Templars um, in 13, well, actually, it started long before that. This story is much more ancient than anybody realizes, but I'm not going to go down that road tonight. But what I will say is that many of the treasures were brought over starting in the late 12th century, in the 14th century, in the 17th century, um, and other times. And there's at least 30 different treasure locations that we're aware of. And the whole mission was to um, eventually establish uh, a new Jerusalem, um, a new Atlantis, according mm -hmm. to Brother Francis Bacon, who was part of these Templar families, these uh, Grail families, and these name covenant comes up families. A lot. And um, so, yeah, absolutely. They continued the tradition. The stuff was buried here until someday, and that someday came in um, at the time of the revolution. Right. And also, you guys will have to buy the book. Scott, I guess, would uh, figure out uh, what year the Templars actually were on Oak Island or started whatever they're doing, tunneling and everything. Right, Scott? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, guys, it's, buy it's, the book. You and, know, uh, I will tell you one thing, John. I'm going give to you, give you guys a little tease. So, you know, everybody knows the story about Zena and bringing the maps to the brothers and all that, the falling out that Don and her had. Right. And it was really tragic because um, Zena missed out on the best stuff, far and away the best stuff. I mean, at the time, I remember we had all this stuff. We were all working together and we thought it was fantastic then. We followed some of the documents. We went up on Hunter Mountain we used the maps and we triangulated, we dug in the ground and we found an inscribed stone and some other artifacts. And I'll tell you what, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But in 2017, literally a couple of weeks after Rick Lagina had visited with Don to try to get him to come onto the show and bring the stuff that he knew he had. Right. Um, I I had I just randomly showed up at Don's house a couple weeks later, and um, I'll just tell the story. I mean, I, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but this is what happened. Um, I read the contract and I looked at Don and I said, "Well, this is a great contract, Don. They want you to give you all their artifacts, all their documents, use everything that you have, not pay you, but let you come on the show and be famous for a while, and they're going to make millions of dollars off your content." 
this is a great this is a great contract. I'd sign it right away. I'm not going to sign that contract. I was being facetious, of course, but um, I just thought that that was a poor approach, in my opinion. But we can agree to disagree. But then after that happened, Don gave me an envelope, and I opened up the envelope, and this I looked at the there were two maps, treasure maps, and I'm like, holy crap. And then I pulled out a letter written by Bill Jackson. Now I've published this stuff in my latest book and it's also published in Don's book. Okay. But what happened is we realized that there was a lot more to come and boy, did it come in the last six years, five colleagues of Don's have passed away. Mm -hmm. What Bill Jackson did was he, before he died in 2000, he sold the document to the Vatican, but it turns out in this envelope that Don got two weeks after Marty was there, or excuse me, Rick was there, there was page one of the Cremona document, A Year We Remember, the story that Zena published, that Don's published, that I published, which is the basic narrative that starts with the Templars going under the Temple Mount, recovering uh, various artifacts and treasure, and then the story about coming over to Hunter Mountain in North America to recover scrolls that had been hidden prior to that, including the marriage document of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. That's the document that Bill sold to the Vatican. What he didn't tell anyone until after he died in 2017, 17 years after his death, this is material he left with his daughter. Mm. And when his daughter was moving from one country to another, she found this package that her dad had given her. And it said, if anything happens to me, I want this to go to Don. Mm -hmm. Well, it took 17 years, but Don got this material. In addition to the two treasure maps, page one of A Year We Remember was in there. And he led everybody to believe, including the Vatican, that it was lost and it didn't exist. Well, it did exist. And he had it and he gave it to his daughter and now Don has it. But the reason it's so important is on the, on the top is the cipher phrase that you need to decode the document. So what he sold to the Vatican was a worthless document. Mm. <laughs> we all sat there and Don and I, we just laughed. We're like, oh my God, wait till this comes out. Message has been received. Um. Well, then five more people have passed, including the person that gave us this material this year, which was the biggest trove of material, over 50 pages of encrypted documents, uh, the detailed drawings, the maps. It was incredible. And, and this story will all come out. But the person that we got these documents from, the last material we got from her was in July of this year. Mm -hmm. She died in September. Oh, my lordy 40. She died in September. Anyway, um, we spent literally months decoding these documents. They're all encrypted. Every single one is different. Just because you decode this one doesn't mean you're going to get the rest or even one more. They're all different. But because they're sort of interconnected, mm -hmm. uh, we were able to figure out the ciphers and do the uh, decoding of these documents because everything has been encrypted.
And that's what the Templars did to protect the information. Yep, yep. All right, guys, I'm going to open up the phone lines again. I only have one phone, so try to call back. Only one message at a time. We're going to get about a five-minute limit. And uh, this is one crazy night here, Scott. <laughs> I'm having a blast. I, I finally get to talk about some of this stuff, but it's only a fraction of, of, of what we have. And I know there's probably some people saying, oh, Christ, he's just blowing smoke. I'm not blowing smoke. I don't blow smoke. Um, All right, phone lines are open. <clears throat> and here we go. <clears throat> so many people tried to call, but I oh. got a couple. They left messages, but I'm yeah. not going to go to my voicemail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let them call back, and uh, we'll go from there. Then we'll button it up after a bunch of calls, Scott. Then we'll button it up. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, you know, while we're waiting, um, you know, I've, I've worked on a lot of really interesting, amazing projects in my life. You know, we, we were uh, assigned to work on the Pentagon and all the fire damage, structural concrete at the mm. Pentagon after 9-11. And that's probably what I'll be remembered for more than anything, even above the Kensington Runestone. We've we're just finishing all the work we did at the Surfside condo collapse in Florida where a hundred people were killed. We get involved oh. in a lot of sensitive stuff. Yeah, I remember I that. Gotta, oh, go ahead. I remember that the uh, condo fell in uh, yeah. in yeah, Florida. In fact, really... I used to be a surveyor with the civil engineering firm in Hollywood, Florida. Oh, we yeah. had to measure a bunch of buildings that were sinking. Yeah, yeah. And that was back in 1980. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Construction practices have evolved over the years. They've certainly got a lot better. And and on the other hand, you know, things just things fall down sometimes. Things things just fail. But my point I wanted to make is that I've looked at many, many amazing stories. I've done a lot of fascinating investigations. But I have to tell you, this one is is so good. It's so big. It's so vast. And frankly, it's so important that um, sometimes I have to pinch myself when I just go, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. You know, now we got it's these amazing. questions. Got, was it a bomb or a plane or a missile at the Pentagon? It was a plane. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have pictures of the plane in, the, in the debris. The, the uh, One of my best friends was the first. Uh, he's a member of FEMA. He's a structural engineer. He was the first person in the building and his job was to make sure that it was safe for the search and rescue, mm -hmm. uh, people and the dogs to even go into the building because, uh, things were very unstable. And, uh, he shared his photos with me and, uh, we actually had a, um, <clears throat> 20 year reunion a couple of years ago. And I was mm -hmm. invited to that. And Leo was there and, and we, after the, the main ceremony and, you know, it was a wonderful time, we were still hungry. So we went down and we got some pizza and had a couple more beers yeah. and, and Leo's a really calm guy, but I, I told him about some of the crazy stories about bombs and, you know, all this crazy nonsense. And for the first time ever, this is 20 years later, he got really upset. And he started telling me stories about things that he saw in the building that he had never told me before. I mean, horrific stuff. And 
you know, for people to still believe that it was a bomb or that our government did this. Now, whether the government had anything to do with it, I have no idea. And I'm not going to go there. Okay. But all I can tell you was a plane that hit the building and there were, you know, over 200 people that were killed both in the building and on the plane. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we need to stop talking about this nonsense and on, and remember and honor those people who perished. Um, yep. Exactly. Because their families are still grieving and uh, it's really uh, a shame that, you know, it's okay to ask questions, but I've answered the question. Right. Okay. Phone uh, lines are open, guys. I haven't heard one ring yet. So uh, maybe that's all you got, guys, out there. Or did I turn my phone off? <laughs> oh, John, it's your fault. Hey, I'm not no pro. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's still on. All right, there you go. So we're still good to go there. They can hear us, and you could hear them pretty good over the phone, Scott. Oh, yeah, no, they, they're coming through just fine. All right, it's, good. It's working out great. Well, John, you must have some questions. I mean, fire away, man. I mean, you and I are pals. Let's let's get after it. Do you have any questions that you're dying to ask? Or It's like uh, the Muyan technology, like I was telling you earlier. <laughs> Have you ever used any of that kind of technology when you're researching? When you say muyan, I'm not familiar with it. It's, uh, I don't know, some kind of radiation atoms that come from space that goes through Earth. And these sensors are put in the ground and down maybe about 100 feet. And it goes out like a wand. So all these beams of atoms go out. And through all these beams, when they get the research back, it'll show an anomaly. It'll show a square. It'll show a, a void, and they're oh, in the ground like- at the money pit. They put five of them in the money pit, and now they have a garden shaft, which is an old shaft that's an 82-foot shaft that they reconstructed. Dumas Mining re- reconstructed the whole thing, and they just got a permit to go 20 more feet below okay. because they got some gold uh, signature hits that we talked about early. Like there's yeah. Gold River coming through, and um, there's a reason why they call it the Gold River. <laughs> And uh, but I'm saying now it's all about this garden shaft digging 20 feet deeper for a permit to go 108 that they're seeing a tunnel underneath from boreholes from their choice drilling. You know, they're hitting the top wood, they're hitting the bottom wood, they're hitting the ceiling. So they know a a, uh, tunnel is is underneath the garden shaft. And that's what they're aiming for, because that's where their gold signature is the highest. Gotcha. Well, good luck to him. All right. Hello. You're talking to Scott and John. Hello, Scott and John. It's Renee. One last time. Scott. With one <laughs> last question. Renee is back. Where, yeah. has your, <laughs> where has your research taken you most recently? And most. that's pretty much it. I, I could continue, but you probably couldn't answer my question. So. Okay, Renee. Thank you. <laughs> well, the, the Thanks, most. John. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Renee. Um, well, you know, hold on. I want you to really take, I want you to really take this one. This is Michael Brayman. Okay. I'll come back to that question that Renee asked. Michael, you're on. I got you through. Hello, Scott. Yeah. This is Mike Brayman dot to dot. You got it. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. How about yourself? Good. My question is, is, have you seen the original uh, Oak Island map 
that was taken out of the um, book, the um, Palestine before the Hebrews that Don Rue found with Dina Halpern? Um, I, I have not. Okay. The reason is I just want to know how big it actually was when it came out of the book. You know, that's something that, um, unfortunately the guy that, that would know the answer to that question is no longer with us. And that's Bill Jackson. But, um, and you know, I, I mean, in, and in fairness to all of this, this has been really difficult to try to, you know, go back and put all these pieces together that Bill has left for us. And, you know, he left these with his colleagues in the agency that he and Don worked for with strict instructions upon their debts, that their estates were to bequeath this material to Don. And as I said, five of those people have died over the course of the last six years. So we've had a, a, a you know, an, an avalanche of material that's shown up and we've tried to, you know, work through it as best we can, as quickly as we can. And, um, but it's difficult and it's really hard to try to, you know, get into a person's mind, read a person's mind who's no longer with us. Now, fortunately, Don left a yeah. lot of letters. Um, almost every package yeah. that we got, there was some type of message that Bill left. In some of them, he left very long, lengthy messages and really answered a lot of our questions, but not all of them. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it, this has been the most challenging thing I've ever worked on. I know that it's authentic because we've, we've taken material, we've gone out in the field and we found stuff. I haven't told anybody about it yet, but it was fantastic. And we really want to be careful about protecting this information because we might want to use it on a TV show someday. And it's, it's really good. So I know the story is true. There's no question about it. Um, it's just, it's just a deep, vast well of information and putting it all together has been really the greatest challenge I've ever had. Yeah. Michael, stay with us, Michael. Okay. Um, Michael has a podcast called Dot to Dot. He does okay. fantastic work. Uh, Geometry-wise, everything is working out. Um, and, you know, these guys from the Cremona document got those pieces of that puzzle that was drawn that I asked you about earlier. Yep. Put them together and actually put them on Zena's map. Hey, hey, hey. Can we just say one thing? What? It's not Zena's map. It's Don's map. It's Don's map. It's Let's Bill just... Jackson's map. Or actually well, yeah, Bill Jackson's. Map. But now, but he bequeathed everything. Yeah, to, I'm brainwashed uh, by the show. You know what I mean, guys? I'm brainwashed by yeah, the no, show. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just, Same but I, I, I just think we need to be clear. Uh, Zena had no right to take that material. It was all Don's material that was given to him by Bill Jackson. Yeah. This was not given to Zena. That's it right. It was not Zena. So let's just let's just be clear on that. Get the facts right. I I actually I actually call it either the Oak Island map or the Rospicald map. That's yeah. what I call it in my own my own vernacular. I think but that's the, I think that's a good way really to couch had, it. Go ahead, Mike. The, the question I really had was: Don Rue must have the original still that was found in that book. He must have got it back. 
um, at some point, the original, because it was a card, the, the original Rashpakal map that was found by Don Rue that day um, was a card. And it was in the pocket of the back page of a book called the uh, Palestine Before the Hebrews by yeah, I'm, I'm Manuel Nadi. I'm familiar with all this, yeah. <clears throat> but you don't remember yeah, seeing it, and I right? wanted to know how big that card was. How mm. big is it? Have you seen it? And does Don Rue still have it? And is it well, something that you can disclose? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't recall because all that stuff happened so many years ago. We've gone way beyond that and, and down all these yeah, other yeah. rabbit holes. And, you know, Don, I can ask Don and, you know, I will ask Don and I'll see what he says about that. But, you know, the other thing is a lot of that material, like that book you're talking about, all that stuff was in Zena's possession when she died. Her son took it and gave it to the brothers. Yep. Don would really like to get that stuff back. Yeah, I know. I know that Rick Lagina has that book because there's pictures of it uh, when he was on the show. Yeah, you know, and he well, had it. So, but uh, I don't think I don't know if they have the original. Uh, the original yeah, came out yeah, of the book do. because. Oh, okay. They do. Yeah, because I, uh, I know the one they show on the show is just an enlargement, a photocopy right. of the original. Right, Mike. Remember, we saw it on the war room when he opened up the book and he took the uh, the the map out of the back of the book. We saw saw him do that, you know, when he screenshotted it all up. Okay. You know, remember, Michael? Well, it may have been the yeah, original yeah, book, or they used the or they used a different one. Who knows? I, I yeah. I'm not aware of it. Yeah, we don't know well, if that's the original in, or an enlargement. In Zena Halpern's notes that she did back in 2011, she said that it was a card. Hmm. So it's got to be someplace. The, well, if anybody the, knows uh, where it is, it would be Don. And I may have seen it, but I have to tell you guys, there has been so much material that Bill Jackson gave yeah, to I Don. 2004 and then everything that has come since i mean it's mind-boggling how much material there is in this collective uh compendium of, of uh, compendium of material we call the cremona document and i may have seen it i just don't recall but i'll find out from don yeah we'll find out for you michael okay yeah uh and i can't wait to read your book scott and thanks for the call uh answering my call no yeah, problem, if, you, if you ever want to have us on and talk on your show, give give me a buzz. I'd be happy to do it. There you go. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Daniel says, can you estimate how many artifacts you do believe were covered up, hidden, and destroyed because they didn't fit the narrative of the founding of North America? That is a really good question. And this Daniel guy has been asking a lot of good questions. So that guy's dialed in and that's he's my main he's my main man. He took over for Doug Cowell's uh, Black House blog that's been on for years. Oh okay. Well and he's doing a good job there. You better give him a raise, John. All right, from uh, 10 cents uh, a month to uh, 12 <laughs> cents. We all get Dan paid great here, Scott. Hey Danny, I'll split I'll split the profit with you. You buy the first round, okay? <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, uh, that's a really good question. And um, 
Well, I mean, first of all, the artifacts that we know about, there's a vast trove of amazing artifacts that uh, are authentic. I've written about them. I've tested them. I've been convinced by the, the factual evidence that they're absolutely genuine and they completely rewrite, you know, the history of North America prior to Chris, you know, that guy that never set foot on the continent that we now call the United States that already had millions of people living here. I mean, this Columbus narrative is just in, insanity, but I digress. Um, in any case, um, we can only imagine what's been destroyed, right? What's been mm -hmm. covered up and destroyed or sitting in the bowels of the Smithsonian archives. Yeah. Um, it's probably endless, but you know, they've made some mistakes and they, they left some things that, uh, you know, like the Kensington runestone, the spirit pond runestones, the Narragansett runestone, the, uh, the Newark Holy stones, the Tucson lead artifacts are some of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Um, they're, they're just as incredible as the runestone, if not more. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I, you know, uh, God only knows what's been destroyed. But I will tell you this too. Five of the episodes that we did on America on Earth, either artifacts or sites have been defaced or destroyed um, after we aired our episodes. And I'm, sure. I'm really upset about that. I'm really bothered by that. I feel guilty about it because I feel like you know, if we hadn't talked about it, something might not have happened that did mm -hmm. happen. I mean, the Georgia Guidestones is the best example of religious fanaticism that uh, did not understand the context of what the, the Georgia Guidestones were all about. And they just they just ran with what they thought it was without even taking the time to understand. And they destroyed them out of fear. And, and it's just tragic. So... Who knows how many others have been destroyed? I'm sure there's a lot of, of amazing stuff that, that we'll never see and uh, tell a completely different story. Yeah, I hear you. In the Duke of Earl, Scott, do the journals you acquired reveal treasure locations or is it just more of the Cremona documents from 2017 that you're acquiring now in 2023? Treasure locations, lots of them, and more documents, more information. We, we now understand a lot of the history of what happened with the Templars prior to the put down at the time of the put down and after the put down and where did they go? We know exactly where they took the treasures. We know exactly what they did with them. Um, <laughs> it's just, the story is amazing. And the level of detail is incredible. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, Oak Island here and, and it's a great story, but it's really only just one small part of a much bigger story that we have to tell. And it's a great story. I mean, it's a really good chapter in this huge novel of, of, of a story that needs to be told and will be told. Um, we're still trying to figure these things out. We have gone out, looked for treasure. We have found some treasure. Uh, and, um, you know, that's what proved the veracity of the documents in my mind beyond any shadow of a doubt. Right. And Mary Ellen says, Scott, what is the motivation, in your opinion, for covering up and what really happened to the Templars? The motivation is money, power and control um, <laughs> by certain entities like the Roman Catholic Church and other powers that be. 
I mean, it's the same old story, right? Um, you control the story, you control the narrative. Um, you can get people to do what you want. And uh, politicians are doing it right now. And people, unfortunately, are a little bit too vested in individuals and not thinking for themselves. And uh, they're being lied to. And we need to do better. Um, but it's, it's the age-old story. In this case, with the Templars, it's primarily the Roman Catholic Church and certain um, monarchies that wanted to control the people, control the power, control the message. And nothing's changed. That's happening today, too. I don't even know what this means, but maybe you can make sense of this. Stacy Beck, what do you think of Meriwether Lewis found that cost him his life? I know exactly what he found. One of there the Templars, go. what happened was he, 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 the main mission of the Corps of Exploration was to document the security of one of the Templars' secret vaults. And one of them is in Montana. And when he separated from Clark for six weeks, that was his mission to go check on it. And then um, a couple of years later, he was on his way to go meet with Thomas Jefferson to convey information mouth to ear. And uh, he was killed. And I think what he, uh, the information that he knew about from uh, the Templars and that secret vault was the primary reason that he was killed. That's my personal opinion. We'll never know the real truth, but... Um, there's a lot more to that story that I could tell you, but, you know, that's that's it in a nutshell. Yep, this is Kathy, my other moderator. Are there any treasures on Long Island do you think of? Um, well, one of the, you know, that's that's on the eastern end of Long Island is where yep. Ralph DeSutley wintered over before coming over in 1180 with the scrolls that he recovered from Antiora. Um, and that's, he showed up in Suborga, Italy and gave his deposition. And that's what we now call a year we remember, which was the main part of the Cremona document that, you know, Zena talked about in her book and we talked about in our books, but you know, that's just a fraction of what we now have. But, um, yeah, there's some interesting things that went on in, in, uh, Long Island. I don't have any specific information about treasure, but then treasure is a relative thing, right? Right. And here's uh, the book that'll be out in February, The Oak Island Knights Templar and the Holy Grail, Secrets of the Underground Project Revealed. I'll pre-order it. It's going to be the big blockbuster hit because he says everything is in there. The story is done. And uh, for Oak Island, that is. And um, that's the book to get. I just wanted to show the book. You know what? You know what I find interesting, John. Nobody has said one word about the Holy Grail. That's right. <laughs> tell us more. I, I'm not going to tell you either. You're going to have to buy the book. Oh, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. You know, um, I've been you know lecturing this year, and and I started early this year with a kind of a different tangent on. Um, the way I would tell the story and the information that I was revealing, because I'm starting to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the information that we got this year, these 50 mm -hmm. pages of, of encrypted documents, it's not all about Oak Island. Right. 
a good chunk of it is, but most of it is about other aspects of the covenant, right? Yeah. And um, there's some pretty, pretty amazing stuff in there. And one of the things that I can tell you is that one of the relics that we know was recovered, and we've published this, were the remains of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a very important first century historical figure. Most people know that he initiated Jesus. And in fact, he's the guy that's referenced in the Bible more than Jesus, right? right. But it was the church that lionized Jesus and turned him into this figure that if he were alive today, he'd go, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, um, the remains of John the Baptist were a very important part of the treasures, if you will, that the mm -hmm. Templars had. There's no secret about that. And, you know, one of the clues that tells you that there's absolutely a connection between modern Freemasonry and, and Knights Templarism is all of our lodges are dedicated today in Freemasonry to the Holy Saints John. Mm -hmm. Prior, that's John the Evangelist and John the Baptist. Prior to 1600, it was only John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. Now, when the Templars were put down in 1307, and then the trials began, and eventually they were burned at the stake in 1314, one of the charges leveled against the Templars was that they worshipped the head of an idol. That was true. Mm -hmm. That idol was John the Baptist. Yep. And of mm -hmm. course... Of course, that whole thing has been twisted by the church and, you know, people that um, are anti-Freemasonry and anti-Templars to be the Baphomet and the head of a goat and all this other nonsense. But right. uh, that's just that's just disinformation. I hear you, Scott. Well, no more phone calls. That's off. And I uh, right. really thank you so much. Very informative. They can find your book on Amazon and all the rest of the book. Uh, uh, links through your Twitter and through your uh, your Facebook. And where else can we find this link to buy your book or pre-order it? Well, you know, we're still, um, you know, I know that it's being listed on uh, Amazon and yeah. you can probably buy it cheaper there. But once the book, once I have books, mm -hmm. if people want to get a signed copy from, from me and Don, because I'm right. going to have, you know, Don signed a bunch of books and uh, you can, you'll be able to buy it on my hooked X website, but it's not listed there yet because I don't have them. And I, I don't want to list it until I have them because when people order them, they want to get their book. I don't want them waiting, you know, right. They're saying it on, it's on Amazon for $18 and 22 cents on sale USA phones. Yeah. It's going to be more than that when it comes out, it's probably going to be closer to 22 95, something like that. Right. And don't forget so, me on, order uh, down from Amazon. Good for them. Yeah. Don't forget about me when you bring an extra book to uh, Donald to have signed hey, for me. John, I owe you a few books. My God, I, I, in my closet, I got Quest of Oak Island hats. I got shirts from you. I got it all going on. It's the least I could do. Don't worry, man. Mugs, hats, all the swag. <laughs> you got it. But, and uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yeah, and I want to thank you for uh, coming on. And uh, it's been a great podcast. And uh when you go, uh, stay in the staging area because I got to say my goodbyes and I'll talk to you for about two, three minutes. Uh, I got to get ready for the show at nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, and, I'm going to, and I'm going to get something to eat here pretty quick, but um, yeah, I'll hang out, John. Thank you again. Thanks to everybody that 
tuned in today. I thought it was a lot of fun. I hope I answered some of your questions, but believe me, there's a lot more to come. Yep. I thank you so much, Scott. Take care. I'll put you in the stage and area. Thank you so, so much. Okay, brother. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Guys, what do you think of that? Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. I'll be on Discord tonight at about 10.30 p.m. Uh, enjoy the show at 9 p.m. We had a couple of uh, people asking about the Muyan. I did show some screenshots uh, of them showing the uh, tunnel that they found through Muyan that they say it's the Aladdin's tunnel. Really not much to show you on that. It's after two years of waiting, the crew receives the Muyan data and discovers a hollow known as Aladdin's cave may hold even more surprises. Judy will be with me tomorrow at 6.45 to go over all this that happens to the show tonight. I really want to thank uh, Scott for a great, I don't want to call it interview, but a great discussion with us and all the phone calls, people. Thank you for calling in. Everything went great. Um, so remember, members, always go forward. You may get a setback in your life, but just believe in yourself. You believe in your dreams, no matter how old you are. For tomorrow was a never given with this crazy world we live in, real crazy, top crazy. So as my friend Jan says, always keep smiling. You never know what that other person's going through, but keep that smile on your face and stay safe. Stay strong, and everybody have that positivity about them no matter what. Be strong physically and mentally. Thank you for joining me and Scott tonight. We'll see you tomorrow for our Wednesday podcast with Judy. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you, take care, and bye-bye.